In August 2015, an old German man lay in a hospital bed, an oxygen tube in his nostrils, and IVs plugged into his veins. The patient didn't have long to live, so his son stayed by his side day and night. As the end drew near, the man motioned for his son to lean in. Then he whispered a story about his horrifying past in the Nazi army. In World War II, he'd served as a soldier. He'd witnessed atrocities that haunted him forever. He needed his son to know that he regretted what he'd done. But there was more. He also wanted to make up for it. The man asked for a map of Europe. A few minutes later, his son laid one across his father's lap and offered him a pen. With a shaking hand, the ex-Nazi drew a line across Poland. The son didn't understand what his father was trying to tell him. But then, the pen stopped. The old man drew a small X on top of the Polish mountains. He handed the map to his son and pointed to the mark. He told him that something was hidden there. A Nazi train filled with stolen gold. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. This is our one-part episode on the Nazi gold train. Throughout World War II, the Nazi army stole millions in ore, jewels, and art. According to one legend, in 1945, a train filled with these valuable possessions vanished without a trace. Today, we'll try to locate the hidden treasure. Some claim it's stowed in a secret underground tunnel. Others believe it's buried in the Polish mountains. But one Nazi officer's love letters suggest that his mistress might have guarded the loot for nearly 70 years. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. 
With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. On September 1st, 1939, Adolf Hitler's army invaded Poland. For one month, Polish soldiers died by the thousands as they resisted the Nazi forces. They finally surrendered on October 6th, and Germany took control of the country. For the next six years, Hitler controlled Poland with an iron fist. Thousands of Poles were sent to concentration camps or brutal work sites. Many others were dragged into the forest and executed by Nazi soldiers. Some officials estimate that over five million Polish citizens were killed during World War II, roughly one-fifth of its pre-war population. But Hitler didn't just take their lives. He also stole their homes. During the occupation, Nazis transformed the conquered territory into a German state. The Third Reich encouraged German citizens to move to Polish cities, and Poles were evicted to make room. Soldiers pounded on the locals' front doors in the middle of the night. When the residents answered, the Nazis told them to leave within the hour. The invaders also ordered them to sweep the floor, wash the dishes, and leave the keys. They wanted the place clean for the Germans who were about to move in. If the Poles refused, they were shot. Then, the Nazis forced them onto tightly packed trains and trucks. For days, the displaced people were shipped across their country. On the journey, the soldiers rarely gave them anything to eat, and the caravan never stopped to give the captives time to rest. Many starved or froze to death. When the trains finally reached their destination, the Poles were organized into three groups. Physically fit men were assigned to German work camps. Jewish people were sent to ghettos or concentration camps. And the rest were stranded, left to form makeshift settlements across the country. For the duration of the war, Polish people lived like exiles in their own land. Some officials estimate that as many as one million Poles were kicked out of their homes while Germans moved in, even renaming some of the villages. That wasn't all they took. Across Europe, the Nazis plundered cities for gold, jewelry, and cultural artifacts. Hitler and high-ranking officials became obsessed with stolen paintings. In France, Holland, and Poland, soldiers gathered priceless artworks for the Führer's personal collection. In one hideaway, they stowed pieces by Rembrandt and Van Gogh. In another, thousands of bags filled with gold. And in a salt mine, Nazis hid more than 6,500 paintings, all marked for display in Hitler's private museum. The Germans hoped to use these riches to build their Aryan Empire. But first, they'd have to keep them away from the Russian army. In 1944, the Soviets marched towards Germany. After suffering millions of casualties, they were desperate to defeat the Nazis. But they also hoped to seize the stolen valuables. As they battled through Poland, the Russians uncovered countless treasures in mines and caves. Hoping to build their own fortunes, they shipped the items back to Moscow. Germany panicked. They scrambled to keep their stolen possessions out of Soviet hands. 
So they ordered millions of dollars worth of gold and art to be transported to Breslau, a town near the western border of Poland. They wanted it as far as possible from the invading Russian army. Breslau had largely been spared from the chaos of battle. It was nestled just a few miles from the German border in a region of Poland known as Lower Silesia. It was far from the bombings that plagued the western and eastern fronts. But now, German trucks and trains poured into the city. For weeks, Nazi soldiers unloaded crates and boxes into warehouses. They hoped Breslau would be a safe haven for their loot. In early 1945, the Soviets attacked and imposed an 80-day siege. Each week, they barraged Breslau with artillery, destroying buildings and killing soldiers and civilians alike. The Germans knew that if Russia took Breslau, they'd lose the gold. But the Nazis needed the money if they wanted to regroup and fund their military. Somehow, they'd have to get it to the high command in Berlin. Each evening, soldiers loaded crates onto trucks until the early morning. The locals watched them through windows as they covered the vehicles with tarps so no one could see what they carried. Driving slowly so as not to make a sound, the Germans slipped the cargo out of the city. But one night, according to local rumors, the soldiers lugged crate after crate onto a train. They gathered paintings, sculptures, and jewelry, anything that would fit. This shipment was even more valuable than the crates on the trucks. The train had to be a complete secret. Any citizen caught looking out their window was shot. In the early morning darkness, the train left the station. It was just in time. Over the next few days, the Soviet army poured into Breslau. They killed thousands of German soldiers and citizens. They raided the former Polish homes and took valuables for themselves. Yet the warehouses were empty. They found no precious artwork or gold. The Nazis had taken it all. Soviet officers interrogated the locals. They demanded to know what the Germans had done with their loot. There were rumors about a train leaving the station in the middle of the night. They said the crates may have been filled with money and valuable artifacts. The Russian officers were baffled. They'd been holding the city siege for almost three months. It seemed impossible that a train could escape undetected. Surely one of their scouts would have spotted it leaving the town. The Red Army searched everywhere for the cargo. But from Breslau to Berlin, the tracks were empty. No one in the German army even admitted they knew the train existed. By all accounts, the Nazi treasure had vanished. Coming up, the search for the missing Nazi gold train. Hello, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we're the hosts of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. You may know us from the very creepy and excellent podcast Red Handed, but now we've teamed up with Parcast for an unprecedented look at history's most nefarious groups. Some preach extreme religious practices, others warn of impending doom, and then there are those whose endgame is far more diabolical. Every Tuesday on Sinister Societies, we take a peek behind the curtain and discover the most ominous organizations the world may or may not have known. Learn how entrepreneurial sects made fortunes off their brand, 
how charismatic cult leaders caught the eye of celebrities, and why strange orders of the extraterrestrial, or collegiate kind, attract the most unlikely of followers. Some groups convene in the shadows, others operate in plain sight. All are absolutely sinister. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Now back to the story. During World War II, the Nazis plundered Poland for its gold and art. They hid the valuables in Breslau. But when the Soviets attacked the city in 1945, the Nazis conspired to send the trove back to Berlin. Once the war concluded, the Polish people returned to their homes to find their cupboards, jewelry boxes, and safes empty. The Russians and Germans had taken everything. Experts estimated that World War II cost Poland around $300 billion in today's currency. But the Polish government actually puts the number much higher. It wasn't just their cultural heritage that was stolen. Six million Poles lost their lives, including three million Polish Jews. You can't easily put a price tag on human life, but one Polish minister argued the damages amounted to nearly $1 trillion. More than 500,000 cultural artifacts were stolen from Poland. Many were valuable household items, but some were priceless works of art. One missing painting, Raphael's Portrait of a Young Man, is estimated to be worth about $100 million. For decades, Polish fortune seekers traveled across the country in search of German loot. Many hoped to claim a finder's fee on the treasure. Others were eager to recover the possessions taken from their parents and grandparents. Perhaps the discovery would represent some kind of justice. It wouldn't bring back the millions who died or the countless homes that were destroyed, but at least they could return a bit of what rightfully belonged to the Polish people. Many focused on the train that supposedly left Breslau during the Russian siege. It had never been spotted above ground, but it could have been buried. In 1943, Hitler ordered construction on a network of tunnels beneath the Owl Mountains. It was known as the Riese, or Giant in German. The Nazis built it in complete secrecy, and its purpose was unknown, even to German officers. The Riza Tunnel spanned almost 200,000 square meters. That's nearly 40 times larger than the White House. 
According to construction records, Germany used more concrete for the complex than for all of its air raid shelters built in 1944. For two years, the army transported prisoners of war from across Europe to build the passageway. Anyone who slowed down or became sick was shot. The average lifespan of a laborer was only four weeks. By the end of the war, tens of thousands of people had died working on Project Riza. The tunnels were never finished. When the Soviets invaded Poland, the Germans abandoned the job. Considering the amount of time, money, and manpower that was poured into the Riza project, Nazi command must have planned to use the tunnels for something important. Maybe it was a massive hideout. The complex sat below a massive Polish landmark known as Shosh Castle. This fortress sat on a cliff and loomed over a vast forest. Near the end of the war, the Nazis intended to use the castle to house Hitler. Before the Fuhrer arrived, German officers made several changes to Shosh Castle. They removed the artwork they deemed unsavory. They rearranged furniture. They even redesigned sections of the palace to be more austere. And they made another key alteration, a secret passageway. If the fortress came under attack, Hitler could access a small secret elevator, which would carry him below the castle. There, Hitler could escape into the hills via the Riza project, or consult with other top Nazi officials in a fortified bunker. This complex could house 27,000 people, a small German city. Or it may have been the Nazi gold train's destination. After the war, officials surveyed the tunnels, but they didn't find any locomotives or valuables. In fact, the facilities were completely empty. But that doesn't mean we can rule this possibility out. To this day, only one-third of Riesa has been discovered. Since Germans destroyed all the entrances aside from the opening beneath Shash Castle, there's no easy way for treasure hunters to inspect the complex. Even those who find their way into the cavern are overwhelmed by its size and complexity. The layout is incredibly intricate. It'd be easy for even the most seasoned explorers to lose their way. However, some researchers located a clue that could be linked to the fabled train. In a small part of Riza, the concrete slabs jut out a few inches. This is unusual, given the complex's meticulously smoothed walls. The rest of the tunnels display no flaws. But here, the Germans seem to make an obvious design error. Researchers can't explain it. But some treasure hunters believe the cement is uneven because the Nazis removed a section. Then they rolled the locomotive into the opening and resealed the tunnel. The Polish government hasn't allowed researchers to remove the concrete. And there's not much definitive evidence to indicate that riches are hidden behind that wall. The train could be somewhere else in the complex. And thanks to an eyewitness account from a former Nazi, some treasure hunters believe they know where. During the war, an engineer often worked on the trains that ran between Breslau and a town then called Waldenburg. The locomotive traveled parallel to a tall wooden fence. For years, the engineer never thought twice about the barrier. 
He didn't know what it was for or why it was there. But one night, near a road sign marking the 65th kilometer between Breslau and Waldenburg, he heard a rumble coming from the other side. The engineer climbed on top of a railing. He craned his neck, straining to peer over the fence. And he saw another train. The second locomotive, emblazoned with a swastika, rumbled alongside him just on the other side of the fence. The man couldn't believe his eyes. He'd never seen a train there before, and he couldn't understand why a barrier had been built to hide its existence. He called a friend to come look, but before his fellow soldier could get there, the other train disappeared into a tunnel. The engineer never saw it again. When he brought up the story with other soldiers, they didn't know what he was talking about. They'd never heard of this second mysterious locomotive. But when modern-day fortune seekers learned about the sighting, they were certain he'd spotted the vehicle from Breslau, the Nazi gold train. He claimed that the train disappeared into an underground tunnel in Lower Silesia. It's possible this was an entrance to the Riza complex. After all, Kshash Castle sat only a few miles from the 65th kilometer. There's no sign of a second set of tracks in the region today. On either side of the rail, the forest floor slants upwards towards the surrounding trees. But in one spot, near the 65th kilometer, the ground forms a bowl-shaped hill. It's possible this part of the forest is artificial, and the Nazis created it to conceal the second tracks. A set of trees far younger than the others in the forest grow in the Depression. They're about 75 years old, which could mean Nazis planted them during World War II to camouflage the mound. That way, no one would suspect the tracks ran underneath. But they may not have finished the job. Down the tracks, away from the mound, are two concrete blocks with hollowed-out centers filled with earth. Some locals believe these were ventilation shafts for the tunnels below. And near the 65th kilometer, a large stone structure sits partially buried in the mound. It's curved like a man-made arch with a gap underneath. The rest is submerged in soil. Some think it looks like the keystone of a tunnel entrance. If you were to dig it up, it might reveal a large opening and a train. On the other hand, it's possible that Poles planted the trees after World War II, and locals have yet to discover any other ventilation shafts. But in 2015, an ex-German soldier made a deathbed confession that lent even more credibility to the engineer's story. He told his son he'd helped build the tunnel. He even drew a map to the loot and circled the 65th kilometer. Someone else seemingly corroborated his story. According to Polish author Jerzy Serra, near the end of the war, a park ranger exchanged letters with an old friend. In the correspondence, the ranger described a line of trucks that disappeared into a tunnel and never came out. Later, the ranger watched the Germans rig the tunnel's entrance with explosives. They blew it up and covered it with soil and vegetation. If someone walked by, they'd never suspect they were near hidden treasure. 
He and his friend planned to travel to the site and dig up the entryway to find out what was inside. But before the two could make their trip, the ranger was murdered. It's possible he saw exactly where the Nazis had stowed the gold and was killed for what he'd witnessed. In 2016, two treasure hunters, Piotr Kapper and Andreas Richter, traveled to the 65th kilometer to pick up where the ranger had left off. The men used ground-penetrating radar to scan beneath the surface and collect 3D images. When they analyzed their data, the pair discovered the outline of a train. They showed their findings to Poland's deputy culture minister. When asked whether he believed a train was there, he said he was, quote, 99% convinced. But other scientists weren't so certain. A professor from the AGH University of Science and Technology in Krakow didn't believe the treasure hunters had used professional methods. So he led a separate geometric survey. His team of academics scanned for cavities, like tunnels or caverns, and metals like iron. They found neither. The group announced there was no train and no tunnel. But Copper and Richter still believed their images were accurate. They knew what they'd seen on the scans. There had to be a train underground. There was only one way to prove it. Dig. Coming up, two men excavate the 65th kilometer. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Now, back to the story. In 2016, treasure hunters Piotr Kopper and Andreas Richter scanned the hills at the 65th kilometer with ground-penetrating radar. They believed the digital images confirmed that the Nazi gold train was hidden just below the surface. Using their own money, the pair assembled a 64-man excavation team and prepared to dig. Townspeople gathered to observe the treasure hunters. People traveled across Poland for a chance to see the train. Some merely wanted to witness a historic dig, but others had a more personal reason for attending. Many citizens had someone, a grandparent or great-grandparent, who'd lived through the war. They hoped to lay eyes on the possessions that had been stolen from their ancestors during Poland's darkest times. For a day, the construction equipment burrowed eight feet into the ground. 
Then, the treasure hunters scanned the area again. At a press conference, they held up a digital photograph and pointed to a crescent-shaped curve. The two men claimed the image showed the top of the tunnel. Camera flashes went off. Journalists whispered excitedly. They'd found it. Copper and Richter planned to break through to the train the next day. But the following evening, they still hadn't dug deep enough. The day after that, still nothing. Then, a week after beginning excavation, they found what had made the digital imprint 16 feet underground, a glacial deposit. The radar hadn't shown a train after all. And Copper and Richter had a new obstacle to conquer. If they wanted to dig any deeper, they'd need a high-powered drill. But they'd spent all of their money on this excavation. Any further treasure hunting would have to wait. At the time, the pair said they wouldn't quit. But just two years later, they announced an end to their search for the German fortune. Although they were unsuccessful, this was the closest anyone ever came to discovering the treasure. After Copper and Richter's failure, many stopped believing in the Nazi gold train. Perhaps the riches weren't in the train at all. They may have been hidden separately. In 1944, as the Soviet army marched towards Breslau, the German chief of police ordered an officer named Herbert Klose to collect people's valuables. He and his men confiscated jewels, gold, and precious artwork. Then they stowed them into chests and loaded everything onto trucks. They made plans to drive to the Owl Mountains and hide the boxes. The day they were supposed to ride out, Klosa fell off his horse and injured himself. He never saw where his fellow soldiers buried the chests. It's possible the forest ranger witnessed the trucks that belonged to Klosa's men. But instead of hiding the loot in an underground complex, the Germans stashed them somewhere else in the Polish mountains. For years, treasure hunters scoured the lower Silesian hills in search of these chests. They found nothing until the 2010s. That was when one miner reported that a mysterious wealthy patron had hired him and a few others for a secret job. Only the people on the excavation team could know about it. Their employer didn't want anyone finding out that he'd possibly discovered the Nazi treasure. The crew climbed up the Owl Mountains. They passed small square stones covered in moss. The structures resembled chimneys or air ducts, potentially connected to the Riza tunnels. They were on the right track. The boss pointed to a shallow stream. He commanded the crew to dig. With pickaxes and shovels in hand, they got to work. After hours of cleaning the rock and soil, the miners uncovered the entrance to a tunnel. They carefully climbed inside. There they found a chamber with several green wooden chests. The patron squeezed past the miners. He picked up one of the containers, which was emblazoned with a swastika. His heart raced as he realized that he'd done it. He'd found the Breslau gold. He opened the chest. But it was empty. All of the others were, too. All the group discovered were small slips of paper. Some were written in German, others in Russian. Judging by the writing, 
the Soviets had beat them to the treasure in the years after the war, the miners and their patron left the mountain empty-handed. But much like the train itself, this tale could simply be a legend. The patron's identity was never revealed. Plus, none of the miners ever showed the chests to the media. Real or not, the empty chests and the failed dig at the 65th kilometer made many people believe the gold couldn't be found. Perhaps the Polish citizens would never regain what was rightfully theirs. However, in 2019, a Polish historical foundation received a secret journal that once again set them on the hunt. The diary belonged to a high-ranking Nazi official, and it outlined a dastardly plan by Nazi commander Heinrich Himmler. Himmler was one of Hitler's right-hand men. He was a central architect of the Holocaust and the head of the SS, one of the most feared organizations in Nazi Germany. According to the entries, during the Russian attack, Himmler ordered the German army to collect gold, jewels, and any other precious items. This included the valuables in Breslau. Then, he ordered the Polish valuables to be transported 30 miles to a village called Minkowski. There, the Nazis often convened at a palace hidden in the forest. Himmler planned to meet with his generals there. Using the gold, he'd begin a Fourth Reich a rebirth of the Nazi regime. Rather than use military force, the Fourth Reich would wield riches like weapons, empowering some nations while ruining others. From the little Polish village, Himmler could control all of Europe with money alone. But Himmler never made it to Minkowski. British forces arrested him before he could enact the plan. While in prison, the Nazi commander died by suicide and the valuables made it to the lodge without him. High-ranking Nazis often stayed at the palace while on military leave. In 1945, an officer named von Stein fell in love with a worker known only as Inga. The German officer was instantly enamored, and Inga was fiercely loyal to von Stein. He hoped to stay with her as long as he could. But with the Soviet army bearing down on Minkowski, Von Stein and his fellow officers were ordered to hide Himmler's loot, then hurry back to the front lines. After the war, they'd come back for the treasure. Before he left, Von Stein wrote his mistress a final love letter. He told Inga they'd hidden the gold around the lodge. He said he trusted her completely and instructed her to guard the riches with her life. Aside from the departing officers, she was the only person who knew its true location. It couldn't fall into enemy hands. Inga promised to protect the buried fortune. But shortly after the war, the Soviet army moved in and evicted her. For two years, Inga waited and watched, certain the Russian soldiers were searching everywhere for her lover's gold. She only hoped she could keep her oath to von Stein. Finally, after the Red Army left Poland, Inga returned to the Minkowski Lodge. She realized the Soviets hadn't dug up the valuables. They were safe for now. But Inga knew how close she'd come to losing it all. She moved into a house close to the hotel to keep an eye on its guests. But because of her German accent, she knew that sooner or later, 
the Poles would discover her Nazi associations. So she took steps to conceal her identity. She altered her appearance and changed her name to sound more Polish. She even married a local Polish man, all to keep watch over the Nazi treasure. For 60 years, Inga saw the building fall into the hands of various groups, including the Polish army, a cinema, and even a kindergarten class. While everyone else searched for a hidden train, her secret remained safe. But in 2021, Inga was an old woman and had grown sick. Like the German man on his deathbed, she decided to confess. She called a Polish historical foundation and handed over the letters. She told them everything she knew. Soon after, Inga passed away. The foundation combed through every word in her documents. Von Stein wrote of 11 different hiding places around Poland. Each one was reportedly filled with stolen riches. One even mentioned a stockpile of 47 priceless works of art from painters like Monet, Raphael, and Rembrandt. But one line described 48 chests filled with gold worth up to half a billion pounds. They were hidden outside a palace just a few miles from the lodge. This was the treasure stolen from Breslau. Weeks later, the historical foundation set up an excavation site at the palace. They didn't have the funding for expensive construction equipment. Using only shovels, they dug deep into the earth. After five months, the crew didn't uncover any gold. But as of October 2021, they're still working and they remain optimistic. They believe the valuables are hidden just below their feet. If the stash is discovered in Minkowski, the Foundation has promised that they won't keep it for themselves. They plan to return the valuables to their rightful owners, the descendants of those who'd lost the most in World War II. Their efforts, and those of other treasure hunters, have already changed some Polish people's lives. Years ago, many of the people in the town of Wałbrzych worked in the mines. When a recession hit, the mines closed, leaving thousands unemployed and the village in serious decline. In 2016, when Richter and Copper dug up the 65th kilometer, countless travelers and journalists flocked to Wałbrzych. They all hoped to get a glimpse at the fabled train. Though the pair never found anything, the extra visitors brought a fortune in tourism revenue to the small town. The profit was so beneficial to the village, the mayor even considered naming a roundabout after the failed treasure hunters. So even if the Nazi gold train is never found, its legend has already helped to restore the people of Poland. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back next time with a new episode. For more information on the Nazi gold train, amongst the many sources we used, we found Jake Halpern's New Yorker article, The Nazi Underground, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember... Never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. 
Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Scott Stronick, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Alex Bernard, with writing assistance by Ben Caro and Angela Jorgensen. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein, and research by Mickey Taylor. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. You aren't supposed to know about them, unless they want you to. Powerful groups with their own very specific agendas. And if you find yourself on the inside, good luck getting out. Hi, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Join us every Tuesday for our new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. Whether it's doomsday predictions, deadly greed or world domination, each week we're exposing the beliefs and actions of the most ominous organisations the world may or may not have known. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify.